0: Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast, where we listen into a group of rural firefighters as they give their opinions on the challenges they face, both on and off the fireground. We release a new episode every week, so please hit that subscribe button, leave us a rating and share this with your fire family and friends. Now on to this week's episode, where as always, we ask the question, are you DTFF? That's the easy one. Yeah. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. My name is Carl and tonight I am joined by three members of my firefighting family. I have Scott. Hey. I have Todd. Hello. And I have Ash. Hey there. It's, it's hot here. It is a little bit toasty today. Mm. Yeah. What do we get up to my, like my 30, car said? 33. 33? 33. 34. 35. It th-
1: three, three, four three, four three. I would have been 35 down by you, yeah. Celsius. Celsius, of course, not Fahrenheit. Yeah. Which is something was a tasty one. I don't know
0: what that is It was a It Uh, we got some news. Uh, Todd, do you want to start there and then, uh, run over to you? Yeah. yeah.
2: So we had, uh, some sad news come in there, um, just the other day that, uh, Sprott Lake Volunteer Fire Department, uh, they had one of their firefighters, Lieutenant Ron Sweets, uh, he was 69 years of age. He passed away on scene. It looks like he was the um, uh, engine operator. Um, he just started transferring some water, and he suffered a heart attack on scene. Uh, sounds like he was a member of their department for a long time. So about 35... Oh, hang on. Just looking at the article. Um, 27 years working for the uh, City of Calgary Fire Department, and then... Sounds like his retirement on Sprout Lake there for numerous years. So it sounds like uh, air ambulance did arrive and he was transported, but he did not survive, unfortunately. So, and unfortunately, as we as as we all know, heart attacks are one of the leading cause of death for firefighters, and that's just another unfortunate statistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's. Uh it's pretty much the, the leading cause now right like it is the one mm-hmm. thing that, that takes more of us than anything else it's crazy to think that uh, uh, for everything that we do throughout the entire career again everything he probably did over a <coughs> 27 year stint with a full time department and then everything he did afterwards for Sprott like you, you can't even imagine all the other dangerous situations he was in and then your heart gives out yeah it's crazy it's insane but again, it just goes to show the need for making sure that you're taking care of yourself, and maybe he mm-hmm. even was, you know, I don't, I don't even know. Like we can't, we can't guess or gauge. Yeah, he looks, he looks. Yeah, they put guy.
3: up a photo there. They said he was how old? Sorry, he was sixty-nine. Sixty-nine yeah. years old. Like, like for a sixty-nine-year-old fella, like yeah. he looks like he looks was like he's in still shape. super good shape. Yeah, and, yeah
0: getting after it. And. But they, I was reading an article on it actually, and what they were saying was because every time, every time our pager goes off. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. When we're on scene right so we get that we get that burst of adrenaline and our heart gets racing out of our chest we're jumping out of bed it's stupid o'clock in the morning to go and do crazy stuff <laughs> and then we've got all this other madness that's going on around us while we're on scene and trying to manage that it, regardless of how how comfortable you get in those situations you still have that burst of adrenaline every time and apparently it's really not good for you
2: because especially from that you know dead sleep or just uh, just normal calm normal. enter and then all of a sudden that, yeah. that sharp pager tones to kick mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's not good for you there's a lot of evidence now with that
0: yeah. no there's a way to fix it
1: well,
0: and I do like the adrenaline so. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, um, yeah we're, we're thinking about it, yeah, and everything this uh, this going on there hopefully everything goes well with, with everything else It's, it's a sad, yeah. sad day for all our departments
2: our thoughts definitely go out to uh, that department in the surrounding area it sounds like there is a yeah, there's next support Alberni on the island, so about over 35 firefighters in total with some mutual aid. Yeah. So. And it's like anything, like if when that happens in our area, we're all pretty close knit, so I'm sure they are as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
0: And then, Ash, you got, uh, you got something as well there. Yeah, so again,
3: um, kind of close to home here. Um, so the story reads a British Columbia police officer is on life support in the hospital. And a spokesperson for the Abbotsford Police Department says the man is not expected to survive. So the story reads, um, Constable Alan Young remains in critical condition in a hospital in the B.C. interior. Uh, so a 55-year-old officer, uh, off-duty, on vacation it seems, um, approached uh, a young man that was causing a disturbance downtown, smaller uh, community. Uh, tried to deal with said disturbance uh, and then it turned sideways obviously the officer didn't have any uh any tools or anything on him other than like his skills or whatever as his training went and he uh, uh i don't know if he was out, outnumbered or out not outgunned because it wasn't shot but like uh, maybe the guy had something on him Who knows, but Mm -hmm. sadly, uh, he was overtaken and he uh, is expected uh, that he will not survive and will succumb to the injuries that he sustained uh, in that altercation. So, likewise, um, you know, our our thoughts and all that go out to his family, his uh, extended team, and everybody in the uh, RCMP and such that. uh, are going to be feeling lost. A computer, sure. He was for Oh, she so was, yeah. um, I mean, the minister, yeah. Yeah. yeah, um, but yeah, so pretty shitty deal. Uh, you know, answering the call even when he's just out on
2: vacation, like I believe any one of us would. Yeah. And that just goes to show you as well. It's, you know, pretty much every emergency responder I know, whether it's, you know, uh, fire, police, um, paramedicine you know when we're off duty we still we're that mindset that we're gonna go and help we're mm-hmm. gonna step in and help you know we always make pretty sound you know clinical judgment and risk mitigation in every event when we're working and I feel we do that when we're off duty as well I'm sure he did when he went in to, to stop whatever the threat was at that time mm-hmm. I think any one of us would be right there as well yeah
0: yeah it's super duper shitty the, yeah you know regardless of Regardless of everything that you do, you then you you try and help somebody in a bad situation because someone's being a jerk, and you end up losing your life to it mm-hmm. yep. through idiocy of some other person. It's terrible. Prayers go out to all of them. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and their families. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of, we're actually going to talk a little bit tonight about uh, about cardiac arrest. And uh, CPR procedures because things have definitely changed there, Todd. And uh, we just wanted to touch on that and go through those bits and pieces. So, yeah, I'll leave it to you, mate. This is this is definitely your field more than more than mine for sure.
2: Yeah, well, uh, loops got into it as well here. Um, so basically, the other day we were up. Uh, I was asked to come up and do some discussion and some uh, hands-on with some small groups for uh, CPR. So what we're doing. Or what we kind of did in the past, um, hands-only CPR, and then just a bit more awareness with AEDs and within the fire department, and then the new kind of COVID CPR, if you will, for that catchphrase, <clears throat> um, because definitely our procedures have changed amongst the pandemic here. Uh, it may not be the same changes wherever you're listening from, but here in BC, this is this, this is what some of the stuff that we're doing. Um, so we talked about you know. Um, Generally, if you have a first aid ticket and, and you're trained to CPR, you know, you'd always come in, you do 30 to two uh, compressions and vent- two ventilations. Um, and then one thing that we push and we talk a lot about in the past also is just hands-only CPR and that's a huge importance now. So with the COVID re- reality, we are coming in. And when I say we, we uh, the emergency services, medical services, we're coming in and we're doing hands-only CPR. So the first thing we're doing with the COVID term now is we're covering their face with either a face mask or an article of clothing or a towel or whatever is on scene. And I also do believe that our call takers and emergency dispatchers will be directing somebody to do that as well. If they're instructing hands only CPR on scene prior to emergency services arrival. So the reason for that, of course, is as soon as we start those chest compressions, uh, there's a greater chance of uh, all these droplets um, being expelled from the mouth and nose because all that air is going to be coming out when we're doing those chest compressions so we're going to try and reduce that by covering that face with a mask face mask or towel or etc what you have on you and it's going to be hands-only cpr until emergency responders arrive um, so we talked a little bit about our department So it's not being first responder you know but we do get some calls for ambulance assists so we really wanted to reinforce that if we're there that's all we're doing we're not going to be ventilating a member of the public uh, we're just going to be doing those those hands only cpr just the chest compressions so no ventilations whatsoever um, then we also discussed about if one of our members drop um, and i'll i'll loop back into some of the COVID stuff here in a bit so if one of our members drop um, we have bagwell masks and oxygen and defibrillators on the trucks so we still want to initiate that um, quick hands-only CPR immediately you know we want to be able to uh, get that defibrillator on as quickly as we can for early early, um, analyze and hopefully early shock And then if we are going to be ventilating with these people before, we always used to be able to do one person ventilations, which we described as like an EC grip. So essentially you're taking your hand and you're taking your middle finger, ring finger and, um, pinky finger, like a E and, so if I'm holding my left hand, I'm trying to describe this for, the, for somebody. <laughs> Would that you like drop to, to draw a photo? Maybe we should. Right? Yeah, maybe Give we should right draw the Space. <laughs> <laughs> so essentially, if I'm at my left hand, I'm stand, or I'm kneeling at the person's head, and <laughs> I'm going to be taking that, that E, so the middle finger, ring finger, and pinky finger under their jawline, doing kind of a jaw thrust and tilting upwards to open that airway, and then I'm putting the face mask on their over their mouth and nose and then my um, index finger and thumb is compressing that face mask <clears> down <throat> onto the face while my right hand is free to squeeze the bag. Normally, that's perfect one person CPR or one person ventilation while my partner is bagging. Are just doing it? Are you Are trying to do it? It's pretty difficult to go
1: cross I mean, It's pretty difficult to do it yourself when you're
3: unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> At
2: least he's trying to open his own <laughs> airway. That's not bad. Doing
3: the old... <laughs> <laughs> the old thrust there come on
2: just as long as it's that kind of a thrust <laughs> <is>. um, <laughs> so the one the one issue with that now we're into the, the COVID 19 rules is there's a high risk of that air being bypassed out of that mask so what we want to be doing is two-person ventilation and one person cpr so it's going to be one person solely holding that face mask directly over there, the no- uh, nose and mouth. So there's going to reduce, we're going to try to reduce as much, um, air escaping as possible. And when we do that, we want to make sure there's a viral and bacteria filter in line with the pocket mask to the bag valve mask. And then when we ventilate, we're still doing 30 chest compressions to two ventilations. So before a lot of uh, the EMS agency- agencies, we'd only do continuous compressions. And whoever's ventilating, you would just ventilate uh, in between <clears throat> chest compressions. But with that, you do get some back pressure as the person is pushing that downward motion on the chest. So again, you have know, a higher risk of some blow by and we don't want those, those right. particulates blowing out, right? Those droplets. So that's why that person is, is holding with both hands that mask into place. We have that viral filter to catch any of the backflow to come, that comes out. So it's not going to be expelled out the um, exhalation port of the bag valve mask. And then we're doing 30 to two. So we're doing 30 chest compressions. That person is keeping that seal during that entire time. And then they're going to pause CPR. We're going to ventilate two times and then resume the uh, chest compressions. And that just really reduces that chance of that pressurized air coming back out and leaking mm-hmm. out. So that's, that's pretty important.
1: We won't even wash their hands to go to the grocery store. These guys have to do all this stuff. I know, right? You know,
2: it, it sounds a lot, <laughs> but anybody, I, I feel like anybody who has done that before, they'll understand because yeah. they've probably done well. A you know, lot of that's like, yeah,
1: like when you, when you showed it to us, it was like, oh, that's like the old, old days. Yeah, <laughs> now it's back. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
2: And the big thing is is to get that that viral filter in place. We've got to make sure that yeah. comes on because a lot of the bag of mask, like even ours, when we pull it out of the bag out of our kids that viral filter is in there, but it's not attached to the bag.
1: Is there reason just because it doesn't fit? Uh,
2: No, it fits, um, but generally we'll be placing that as well onto uh, an advanced airway or something. Right, right. Right. So the big change with that, again, backing up is covering their face, uh, hands-only CPR, until you have more responders arrive. When it's time to put that um, bag valve mask in place to actually ventilate, then we're going to be doing... Uh, 30 to 2 and we're going to be two people on that airway at all times and then the one person doing the CPR
3: yeah. and to be fair having I mean I'm not an expert on CPR by any means like we've been through numerous calls where it's had to come come into play uh, the single person ventilation versus having somebody that's like designated to making sure that you've got a good proper seal I don't want to say it's impossible because you guys do it all the time, but we don't. So and it's still it's still quite it's hard. Still difficult. Yeah. So like you'll be fighting it, and you'll like you can feel the difference of a solid seal or a little bit of air leaking out. And like getting that second person or third at this at this point
2: to get that like proper seal is is key. It is, and there's again anybody who's actually. Um, how to use a bag valve mask on somebody? It is very challenging. It's mm-hmm. very exhausting. That's a, you're really holding with that left hand, that uh, trying to maintain that seal, and you're constantly fighting for that seal. You're constantly getting that blow by in the corner of the lips yeah. or something. Or if somebody has a a beard or a mustache or an obese face, mm-hmm. or they have dentures. You that brought are that in, up, right? Dentures. Think about you know, that. There's, like there's lots of things that you know change that facial structure for that mask to fit. So it's a mm-hmm. very challenging job, yeah. and that's why a lot of our evidence now is we're going to more of a advanced airway. Um,
1: Like the eye gel or?
2: Yeah, like the the eye gel, so so superglottic airway, um, just because it's very quick and simple to put in and uh, it maintains that seal quite nicely Mm -hmm. um, rather than just struggling with a basic OPA in and trying to get that, get that seal. So again, with the COVID stuff is, um, when we roll up, what we're doing is we're covering the face, uh, we're doing hands-on CPR, our partner is going to be doing um, getting the defibrillator out, we're going to be hooking that up, we're going to be doing an analyze and then if we don't have the bodies, so if we don't have that third person to do that two person on the airway and one person doing chest compressions and running the defibrillator, we are preparing our superglottic airway, so our advanced airway with that viral filter, we're placing it in, in um, down the airway because it's just way more controlled and then at that point one person can safely uh, breathe for that per- or help ventilate for that person mm-hmm. while the other partner is <clears throat> doing the chest compressions and we're still doing the 30 to 2. Right. Yeah.
1: I think uh, one of the things that because we had uh, two, two of our brand new guys on that when you're with us mm-hmm. and uh, just for them to see how much energy and how much manpower to use mm-hmm. it takes up to do CPR I think a lot of people think yeah, CPR it's uh, one person It's a one or two person job, so the paramedics Mm -hmm. can handle it. But you know, like you were saying, in in the coast there, when you were working, they they'd call another
2: company right away. Exactly. So a lot of our we'd get layered with, say, the rescue truck or somebody or one of the medic trucks, and they'd have two two guys, maybe three guys on it. Um, And when we give them the 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 little head nod, like, hey, yep, this is a workable cardiac arrest. We're on scene for 30 to 45 minutes sometimes. And we want to be cycling out those people doing chest compression every two minutes, because after that, our quality starts decreasing. Um, And we want to be doing those compression rates between 100 and 120. And after two minutes, you start getting sloppy. You don't get your depth. You don't get your speed. So literally that that company officer, he would stand there and watch the time and just orchestrate the manpower coming in and cycling. So many times they'd be calling another engine or a ladder company to come in, and then they'd start cycling guys through.
1: Yeah, I think a big thing that you were talking about too was that that pit stop stuff.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Super fast cycling.
2: Yeah, so when we refer to pit stop CPR. Um, It's very high quality um, CPR and very fast changes, so very minimal pauses in between chest compressions. So what that means is, as I am ending my two-minute cycle of chest compressions, um, if, say, Scott is on the other side of the person that we're doing CPR on, you know, we're gonna communicate, okay, we're coming up to two minutes, okay, Scott's gonna to be totally ready and position, his hands are gonna be right next to mine, ready to go. As soon as I come up with my last <clears> compression, <throat> I pull mine out, he is right back on that chest. So, so there is literally no delay in those chest compressions. Mm-hmm. Um, in the past, and actually still now, we get a lot of data, uh, and it shows the quality of CPR, and it shows how many pauses um, each kind of crews make, and they compile all these stats. And it's quite surprising, there's, there's a lot of time off the chest still. Hmm. Yeah.
3: I think one of the big things, I mean, I know you already talked about it, but, uh, you know, us as officers or just even as firefighters, uh, we have to be watching for it. And as firefighters, we have to be uh, aware of it that you do get sloppy after yeah. a single round. And there's countless times where the guy or girl on the chest can be like, no, 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 no. I'm all right. So they as it's analyzing doing his deal, they take that couple second rest and then they think they can go another round.
2: Mm-hmm. And
3: the quality that they're putting forth drops immediately. Yeah. And I mean we need to not be like that proud, mm-hmm. like, oh no, I trained, I'm <clears throat> them tough whatever it is. I can work through it. There's people behind you.
2: Yeah, take that
3: break. Exactly. exactly. It's yeah.
2: it's very important.
3: You'll you'll be there again.
2: <laughs> yeah. If it's gonna be a long push right absolutely so the other thing um with the pit crew cpr and also with the covid reality is now that we don't we i was trying i was telling your guys that you know treat it like a hot zone like like a fire scene Mm -hmm. right like you know that patient is your hot zone and those guys doing the chest compressions and ventilations running the defibrillator they're working in the hot zone then you got your warm zo- zone guys with ppe on ready to go in and then you got you have the guys that are clean right outside of that in the cold zone if they need a piece of equipment that person can hand it into the warm zone so mm-hmm. less people in that um kind of two meter six foot area right because we still want to abide by all these rules and um, the less people in there just the better for cleaning and everything else and then at that point we can really orchestrate who we need to come in and out to mm-hmm. do those chest compressions, right. and then that's what that's why it's really important too. If if the fire department rolls up and we can have one person there just, you know, delegating the manpower and placement of things, it works very well. Because right. with the pick crew mentality, uh, basically the, the lead medic coming in or lead firefighter coming in, uh, we want to be placing everything in view so we're not moving it. Cause we've all done it. We've all set stuff mm-hmm. down, started working a, a cardiac arrest and oh, now the suction's too far away. It's on the wrong side, or the defib's on the wrong side. So we end up moving things halfway through the call, mm. and we don't want that. So you want to take that second, try and figure out the best placement for it, and then it's just all you're moving is uh, the people doing chest compressions. So set up for success, like we speak about before, right? And just um, get that scene, get that area, whether that person needs to be pulled out in the living room or into a larger area, make that more the then off the bed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, out of, out of a washroom, Many times people start CPR in a hallway, or they move from a bathroom to hallway. No, no, no! Take that extra fifteen feet. Drag them out. Get your get your area right. Set up for success. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, we uh, we talked uh, a lot about this before, and again, some of our guys didn't realize. You know, they were doing the kind of one two breathe, breathe. And uh, obviously, we had kind of gone past that to the point of, well, again, the the newer version of it is you do not stop. You Mm -hmm. just keep going. There was no stop. Obviously, and you're saying thus. Well, uh, from what I understand, it's because of COVID. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's right. So before we were doing um, continuous, the EMS agency were doing continuous chest compressions, we weren't stopping. I, don't, I can't remember if some first responder departments were yeah, or yeah, if they were they doing yeah, I mean, thirty just made, to two.
1: It was just easier. It made more sense. Just, yeah, rather than trying to count and all that stuff. Yeah, back getting,
2: in the day, we did we did a huge study. Like we broke up um, part of the Lower Mainland kind of in half. Like one group we did um, chest continuous chest compressions only and early analyzation with the automatic um, defibrillator, and others we did thirty to two with a late analyze. You know, and then all these other. North American studies. And actually, uh, Seattle is one area where they get a lot of the stats and studies from. Right. And now they figured out that this continuous chest compressions works the best with early, early analyze. Um, and then, yeah, I think Red Cross still always did the, the 30 to two and whatnot, which, which is fine. Right. Um, but this now with this new reality, uh, we're back to that because it's such a high risk of these droplets being airborne with CPR, with chest compressions. Uh, and on that, actually, too, especially now we know it's smoking hot today in our in our communities, you know, we are full PPE. We have our N95s on or our half masks, glasses, face shields, and impermeable gown, right? And you are sweating. You are mm-hmm. soaked. So mm-hmm. it's full PPE for cardiac arrest. Right. Yeah. So you got to take that into consideration. If you have to do more than two minutes, mm-hmm. you're going to get really bad because you're sweating like crazy.
0: Well, the conversation, I think, that... Um, me and Scott had briefly was one of, okay, we're not, we're not trained first responders in our department. We have a few people that are, which is fantastic. We have let's say three, four, maybe five, of those people. There's no guarantee all of those are going to be on the truck. There's no guarantee they're even going to be in town. So in that instance, it should be a skill that all of us know where we can then easily trade off. There are many, many other things that the paramedics should be and could be and would likely be preferring to do than doing the chest compressions. That is something where we can have that mindset of we know what we're doing, we're going to step in, we're going to perform those actions, and we're going to trade off. And then on those... Pulses where we're doing those braids you, you, let's say you do five cycles and then you're you're back and then the next person's in or two cycles the next person's in you don't need to tank yourself out we've got four or five people on the truck you know that, that we can figure that out. we can make that process happen and again it's another thing to do for us to do because when it's cardiac arrest really there's not really the, there's not really a lot of things that we can do apart from hand and equipment move the patient away you know that mm-hmm. kind of stuff
1: I know last week when was the last when we were talking about the, the rope rescue, and, you know, I kind of let the guys go up and down too many times. And on the third time up, one of them was like, I'm bagged. Whereas uh, I should have recognized it earlier and pulled the guys off. Like I said, you know, switch out your harnesses. Same idea with the CBR. Like the guys are going to be like, oh, just keep going. And the same thing is that, you know, when we're doing the searches now, when we're, we're doing a room search um, with that orientated search on the hallway, when we go and we duck into rooms and do a search by ourselves, the guy comes out, and they switch with the nozzle operator, and the nozzle operator goes in search because that way there's always because you, you know you're going to your, your search is going to start lagging, your, your rope rescue is going to start lagging, and your CPR is going to start lagging. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we I think we as officers need to recognize that sooner mm-hmm. and just be like, nope, I don't care how tough you are, or, or not even say, are you okay? Just be like, hey, you're up next. Ash, you're up next. Todd, you're getting off. I don't care if you think you can keep going or not, you're
2: off. Absolutely. (laughs) that's super important is we have to be swapping every two minutes because you just lose so much quality of of those chest compressions. Like I said, you start losing that that speed because our optimum is 100 to 120 per minute and our depth as well, right? And Mm -hmm. now we're teaching one-third of uh, the depth of the overall depth of the uh, of the size of the the, the chest see um, in the middle of the
1: heat too you might even have to do it sooner after yeah.
2: you may have to yeah i mean i do we want those two minutes because that's the two minute cycle for the analyze on the yeah. defibrillators yeah. that's kind of the goal yeah. well,
0: if but I if something happens and yeah, you're just you can, right.
2: going i mean like i've had i've been in the back of the ambulance before and this is why a lot of people get honest. Well, why aren't you just transporting? It's like, well, because yeah. the evidence shows that staying on scene and chest compressions is a lot more successful. And because as soon as you're in the moving moving ambulance, it's extremely hard to do good quality chest compressions. Right. And I've been in there doing one-handed CPR because you're hanging on around a bumpy road, or you're trying to do two uh, two-hand CPR. And next thing you know, your back seizing up because you're not kneeling. You know, you're kind of squatting over the person, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, you've it's the quality's horrible. Right. So that's why we stay on scene and that's why we do those two-minute cycles. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, it's it's huge. Like if we can have the fire departments, even like I said, like we're not first responder here, but if we have the proper PPE and can come assist, that's gonna benefit huge for the EMS crews. Because uh, we're short-staffed, you know, we've got two guys on the truck and then maybe we'll have another car coming in, but it's, there's gonna be a delay. So if we can get there and help, uh, that, that is that is a big big saver mm-hmm. yeah
1: well like you were saying there's sometimes you, you can kind of tell by what the calls like if, if it's that like an old folks home the, your your danger level kind of goes up your, your antenna go up a little bit more
2: on the covid mm-hmm.
1: versus if it was like a motorcycle accident and it, you know
2: mm-hmm. exactly there's And again, I think that comes into our our risk assessments when we roll up on scene, right? We're all good at assessing kind of the environment where we are, right? So if we're going into just a person's residence, you know, it's probably going to be a lot safer environment for CPR versus if we're going into one of the retirement homes Mm -hmm. or care homes, right? Um, But again, that's this new COVID reality, right? we have got to really be aware of that. And that's why we're talking about treating it like a hot zone, having other people standing outside of that six-foot zone, two-meter zone, and they're clean and they can hand you those extra supplies. And you, you nailed it. Like The paramedics, we don't want to be in there doing the chest compressions back and forth because we want one medic on the airway at all times in case there's suctioning and other stuff needs to be happening. And that other person, we want to be getting IVs up and running, pushing fluids, any other meds. We're going to be phoning our, uh, our physicians now as well um, after the 15-minute mark with our COVID rules now and kind of painting the picture of success and, and whatnot from there and get orders to either continue or if we're calling it. Because we are calling. Unfortunately, we're calling the CPR a lot sooner now with the COVID reality. Right.
1: Because yeah. there yeah. been many times though, before this, when after fifteen minutes they suddenly get,
2: Ross Ross. Yeah, Ross. get Ross. Turn of spontaneous circulation. Um, have you ever seen that?
1: Like after fifteen minutes, like I have absolutely. I've I've Actually, been there. Has, once,
2: I've been there where we've done CPR uh, very quickly and for one shock you get it back. Right. Um, you know, and then we have a real time we transport. Right. right? And we have other things in place, um, but now like, I'm sure I could find the stats, but. Because they do come out there. I think we got an email last week with all of them, but
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I know Matt he was doing CPR once. It's just about to call it. The doc was just about to call it, and the guy was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> cool. yeah, I guess that guy's alive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm.
3: I think it'd be really good to point out, uh, we, like we talk that we're not first, we're not first responder trained uh, in our area in our our, our department our SOPs say that we are um, at least OFA level one so we do have some medical background which does cover basic CPR. CPR but it also covers if you get a wood splint. Where, like, you know, <laughs> like you got you know, a like, slid a bandaid on gonna, see you Exactly. Right? Like, there's all these things that's like qualified
0: to operate tweezers. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, hilarious. that's removing a funny. foreign object. I don't know. Have
1: ever heard eyelid. the Like, I mean, you yeah. know, like, that's always the big thing in the first aid classes. Have you the island, I'm like, why would anyone let why you do that? Why? <laughs> yeah. The hell, I, the hell no, does just, that just, that just water him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's no water flush. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: But I, I think the big thing is uh, because we're not considered first responders, we just don't get the call. That's right, and that's mm-hmm. the big difference. Yeah. We we get the call when it's a when it's a lift assist when the paramedics need assistance uh, mm-hmm. carrying the person, mm-hmm. or when they need assistance getting into the place, yeah. or maybe when they have a super long delay in a car and they, they know we can go and help them. Mm-hmm. But that's really where the uh, that's where the difference is, I think. Yeah, um,
2: yeah there's there's certain rules now. Um, especially with COVID now for the departments that are first responders, it's changed their response model. Yeah. Um, however, back to us in just, small communities, uh, it's...
1: It's probably the response model we need, the one that you guys are doing now. Like the, It
2: pretty much is because like it's just like the high acuity the, or if yeah, there's a big delay. Yeah. 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 yeah, absolutely.
1: Which I think, like from what we've been talking, mm-hmm. is if we ever went to it, which, you know, we're leaning more towards that nowadays, but mm-hmm. I think if we ever went to it, that's what we'd be looking at. We don't mm-hmm. want to go to, you know, and go help grandma who mm-hmm. just twist her ankle. Um, we, we are going to the, we want, like, we, we believe the most help we can be is on the the CPR calls or massive hemorrhage
2: or, Mm -hmm. you know, those sorts of things. I'd be hard pressed to see if it actually reverts back after the pandemic. I don't think it will just because the numbers now that we're seeing with the first responder calls and the ambulance calls and the upstaffing of the ambulances with some of the COVID funding, like. I don't, I don't. know if it would actually go back to how it was before. It's gonna be interesting times now.
1: Oh, you I mean, mean like a, like even with, like with the
2: first responder model, yeah. <laughs> what about the ones like the what about the guys been.
1: that are like you know like the smaller departments so like up in the hills there that we were um because they don't have an ambulance
2: nearby. No, yeah. they're 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 under the same one. It's a provincial guideline. Huh. yeah, so, so they don't get called little...
1: first. Like the paramedics still go.
2: No, uh, just the like on that so, major. yeah, so they'll get. Sent under the same ones like the high acuity, uh, certain high acuity reds or purples. We call it, color code them now, right? Um, or if there's a delay, and I was talking to the chief up there, and he said it's ridiculous. Like every time there's a, a first responder call, it's over 20 minutes for the crew to arrive. Anyways, so mm-hmm. you know they're they're going to be getting sent anyways. So it right. works to them, but right. So you know, yeah, like with us, it would be
1: more. Probably wouldn't be so much delay. It would be definitely high acuity, as you said.
2: Yeah. But again, you know, like coming back to our news that we talked about earlier with the firefighter right. who had the cardiac arrest on scene, even though we're not first responder depart- departments, we need to know this stuff. We mm-hmm. need to know now the COVID rules, you know, that's yep. so why it's good to discuss what the EMS agencies are doing, because we need to mimic that if yep. one of our members go down, because if one of our members go down, we're not going to stop and wait, mm-hmm. you know, so we should be learning the new procedures and how to do it safely on each other. And that's why we discussed the firefighter down, right. uh, and the proper CPR, hands-on CPR, until they're out of that hot zone uh, in, for the fire scene, and then we start treating it with our equipment once our equipment arrives.
1: And like we said before, there's only a few, really only a few things that we can, like anybody, like firefighter paramedic, uh, that that are like so life-threatening that we can intervene right now. Like it's like you know, um, stop, stop massive hemorrhage, mm-hmm. CPR. Um, yeah. What else? Like, two big ones. And, yeah. Ventilation, choking. Ventilation, yeah. Like, there's not a whole lot. Like, you know, if, if you got cancer, we're not going to help you. <laughs> if you got, you know, mm-hmm. there's all sorts of stuff that we can't help you with. Like, give you some O2, but yeah. there's not much else that you can do. Just transport yeah. and go, kind of thing, right? So, I, yeah, I think CPR and the massive hemorrhage stuff very important for us to. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. You know. Yeah. Any, like you said, multi-system trauma. You know, those types of events. Absolutely, things where we can go and stabilize and and. Keep them decently safe or and comfortable until EMS arrives. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it makes absolute sense. I think uh, I think we definitely see a good uh, good response time for us to to get to a lot of scenes. We're normally there again, normally mm-hmm. there before our ambulance a lot of the time, and that's not because ambulances are slow. It's just because. Again, yeah, just because of our area, we are rural, we don't have many units, and mm-hmm. we do get fairly busy on some times, right? Yeah. You guys get busy, exactly. so yeah. it's a situation where you then need to send vehicles and personnel from maybe an outside mm-hmm. area to yeah. try and get there. That's, that's 20 Happened. minutes either Happened side, lots, if yeah. not more. Yeah. You know, so it would be uh, it would be extremely extremely important. I, I know me. you had said to us a
1: couple of weeks ago, you're like, hey, may, maybe don't have an accident anytime soon because all the all the ambulances are
2: tied up currently. Yeah, <laughs> within at <laughs> least a two hour response area. Yeah, like, us, do not yeah. have an accident. <laughs> yeah, I think that
3: was I yeah. was yeah. heading camping, yeah. <laughs> and I actually came across one of the calls. Yeah, and Todd says back to me, "Ooh, which way did you go?" Because <laughs> one of them was the one that I was on, and then the other one was. Yeah. a little more serious i mean this one wasn't like great mm-hmm. but it was very manageable where the yeah. other one had a lot higher implications yes, it did. um so yeah i mean there was a lot of action happening that day but again going back to that uh, officer driving by like i got my family my truck and my my uh, travel trailer and i'm trying to go from you know whatever 100 kilometers an hour to zero because we fly around the corner and here's these two vehicles crashed mm-hmm. um so you stop you go back and you do your job so um yeah that was a crazy day
2: mm-hmm. firefighter down cpr
1: yeah so after we did the regular cpr the hands only and the covid kind of cpr we we went over uh, firefighter down cpr with our guys um Especially, well, I mean, like I said, it was a, two new guys, and mm-hmm. it was a pretty small crew because we're we're, yeah. we're crew small right now with COVID, so, which was good because it got everybody in there, and no mm-hmm. one could really hide in the corner and be like, oh no, I'm good, just mm-hmm. pretend I'm here. But so everybody had to get in there, and we went over firefighter down with them. So, um, you know, it's all fine and good to do CPR on a on a person that doesn't have any gear on, but um, once they have fire gear on, it's much more difficult, especially when they have SCBA. And as we talked about in our news, you know, it, it happens. Mm-hmm. So once they get out of the, uh, once they get into the cold zone, you know, make sure they're clear of the building. That was an important thing we touched on. You know, Don't just go out of the door and do it there. Um, I think we were talking about that in one of our tone drops. We did, which uh-huh. we'll be dropping this. Which week. We'll be we'll dropping. <laughs> um, so you know, they they started doing their uh, their medical work right at the, still in the uh, hot zone. Um, get them away from there. Um, start that CPR. But the important thing is you gotta you know you got to sit in a certain way to stabilize uh, the uh, cylinder on the back, um, get on the chest right away, and then uh, one guy stays on the chest, one guy starts removing the helmet, mask, um, putting the arms up over the head, the other guys are unbuckling everything and pulling with the legs, and you're basically like, chucking them like an oyster, mm-hmm. dragging them right out, usually onto a uh, spine board if we can, and then they're ready to go. Yeah. yeah. So we went over that. Um, yeah, and it's, that's definitely something we have to constantly go over because it's, it's forgotten. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's forgotten how to do things.
2: I think the importance of that one, too, is, is that, that person on the chest doing those chest compressions is right back to what we taught prior to that was the hands-only CPR. Mm-hmm. Super important just to not stop, focus on those compressions. Yeah while everybody else works around you. Getting the jacket opened up, getting the arms in place, getting the mask and helmet off. You know, getting that prep, and then that communication back to the pit stop CPR. You know, communicate to slide down, then somebody else back on that chest. Yeah. And then you implement your BVM, AD, things like that.
1: You know, one thing yeah. I, I think we need to express to the local paramedics is that this is something we do because mm. um, even our even our couple paramedics on in our department mm-hmm. and one of them forgets all the time <laughs> that we have this in place so we you know we we bring the guy out of the building and, like we're doing a Ritz scenario we bring the guy out of the building and next thing you know all the stuff starts coming out and we're like well we're going to do firefighting and CPR first is like, what oh yeah right i forgot about that because <laughs> you know he's paramedic mindset of That's you right. know try to cut the jacket do all that oh, stuff no, but it's no, like you exactly. know by the time you cut through a freaking turnout gear it's going to be half an hour later <laughs> versus this way where we it's very laid out very specific right yeah so Yeah, I don't know if there's a way to tell paramedics or (laughs) demo to paramedics or... (laughs) You
2: know, I think you could tie it into uh, just a time where I don't know if they would do it now uh, because of our rules but um, once kind of the dust settles maybe then bring them in do an orientation to the ambulance and the gear again because again Mm -hmm. how can we help right how can we help on the scene because they're short staff knowing where certain equipment is in that ambulance to bring them that stuff is super important and then um, you show them that and then tying that firefighter down cpr technique i think
1: one thing cool we saw in our too was uh the one officer a police officer came in his uh yeah his full gear and we and we went around and take off a vest Mm. Um, what straps are on vests? Unfortunately, I, so many different vests out there. Everybody has a different plate carrier and all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, but just basically how to because it, it's a little bit different than what we do for the jacket. Um, so you you know you got to know what to unstrap and um, you know the gun and all that stuff and, and what you can unhook to, just just to even get into there.
2: Yeah, yeah. Actually, that's a great point. That's um, something that we should work on too. I'm just I'm thinking for my my career, I could tie that into uh, just our mm-hmm. local crews. Right. Yeah, because we do talk about these active shooter scenarios and just preparing the agencies that we work with for that event, and that's a prime example because if we get an officer who was shot, yeah. we need, still need to respond with that same urgency and just how to get that gear off properly for somebody with tactical gear on.
1: Well, then there's even difference. Like a, uh, you know, a street officer, he could, be, he could be wearing an inner vest. Yeah. An inner that's vest is right. covered up under, yeah. like he's got his duty shirt on, yeah. and then you know, take the shirt off, then you got to get the vest, and then, you got to know, you know what's... Sh- uh, but the cut not, and
0: something mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Hmm. Something else to think about for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: for sure. Yeah. balls, uh, hamster wheels are going. Absolutely, yeah. that's
0: good. That's good. That's his pictures. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> not a fire. Yeah.
3: So I was just thinking. This goes back to you. Uh, our drive back from our early morning call this morning, um, <clears throat> we were we were talking about. Um, our our response our response times and we talk about the first responder models and the delayed response so we were waiting uh, for RCMP like that and like we we joke around like when we get there before ambulance or we get there before RCMP or whoever and we we get to fly out of the house looking super disheveled like I Looks like a bum. You know, like I uh-huh. I like cut off sleeve <laughs> shirt. Right? Like like I got no sleeve shirt and I actually my, gave my a quarter my... to get away from me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got a free coffee out of it it was a good good deal, right? Panhandling with my helmet. Spares the change. <laughs> we have the luxury of covering up it. our shitty dress, right? <laughs> So, if there is a police officer or if there is a paramedic that's responding from pager, um, if there was another incident going on and an officer had to be called in, if there was a, uh, if the staffed ambulance was out on a call and they had to get called in, well, they don't just roll down there in their cutoff t-shirt and flip-flops. They get dressed and then respond, am I correct? Yeah. Right? We don't. We get dressed at the hall in 30 seconds they don't have that luxury. So the delayed, the delayed response, I mean, yeah, we're, we make jokes about how we get there so quickly, but we cover up our getting there quickly look. Where mm-hmm. they, they have to show up looking professional, right. our turnout gear is what makes us look professional, right? Yeah. So, well, I
1: uh, think the yeah. officer today he on another call, so mm-hmm. he had to get cleared
3: from that call. Correct.
1: was gonna dark call, which yeah. he, right away he knew that it wasn't serious. He knew we were there, and yeah. the ambulance was there, so mm-hmm. yeah. So he's gonna be. I know some of the guys are like, why is it taking him so long? It's like, well, I think he has another call. It's busy. And yeah. really, this isn't that important because just everybody's out, mm-hmm. the road's closed, or it's alternating. We're here, like there's emergency services here. We are the people we, we are do them. The Yeah. other than coming to <laughs> other than coming <laughs> to take the his scene. pictures and yeah take yeah, yeah, like, his pictures and do his notes and then we can clear it but right? deal with yeah.
3: whatever else he has to deal with for right. sure. Yeah it's we I I, I think we, we might give these people a hard time. But yeah, like the scale of importance, <laughs> what we were doing versus potentially mm-hmm. what he was doing.
1: But, but then when he should have to away for the tow truck, anyways. Right. <laughs> so, uh. And
3: I don't know what he was doing. Yeah. Well, he didn't come dressed like a professional. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, actually, well, he always
1: looked disheveled. Yeah, he dressed like a professional tow truck driver. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> We just lost
0: <laughs> our two
3: tow truck drivers,
0: slamming <laughs> everyone. Yeah. Cool. Did you throw twenty five cents at him too Did this everyone? No. Well. no. He already gave it to me.
2: Ah. And
0: I was. I haven't changed it.
2: Well, don't they take it out of the ashtrays? I anyway, so? <laughs> There we go. <laughs> Um, well, somebody stole my work car the other day. I, was, <laughs> I thought it was the tow truck guys, but it's oh, yeah, the right. <laughs> <laughs> That was a great
0: story. It <laughs> was a good one. It's so that you, you parked it, so you put your keys in it. And Le- then... Left
2: the the work car running on scene with the lights on and locked it up, secured it, and had to go in with the crew to the hospital. And uh, quickly was getting... Cleaned up the hospital so they could drop me back off at my car on the scene. <laughs> and we roll up and it was gone. <laughs> I like how right away you text us.
1: Somebody stole my car.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just but think, thankfully like, oh. the local police
2: somehow got into it and drove <laughs> drove back and parked at the station for me, which is very kind.
0: Mm. <laughs> very lucky. <laughs> so A break in communication happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Again,
2: dispatches. Jesus. <laughs> and we lost all our dispatches. <laughs>
3: Pretty dispatches. <laughs> yeah. Certainly
0: some. <laughs> uh, yeah, we got anything else? I don't know. Do we? I think we're. I think we're good. Yeah. Um, let's roll into the shoutouts. Ash. <laughs> His name's Ash. Yeah, Ash. Carl, <laughs> you, is there anyone specific you would like me to shout out today? Well, we could shout out the bar boys, I think, maybe. You know, we'll, we'll give them... I know they're on a hiatus, mm-hmm. but uh, they do have some good quality episodes in the catalogue. <laughs> People could <laughs> yeah. still go and listen yeah, to the catalogue. In the catalogue,
3: catalog, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so
0: Brotherhood Academy
3: Radio Podcast. The boys have been busy. They've been absent from releasing episodes. Uh, they... <laughs> Nick actually sent us a message like, oh, "Sorry guys, like we're really busy." Can like, you stop making fun of me? in the room Yeah, maybe the stop making fun of me, but like you also don't have to shout <laughs> us out. Like it's cool. And we're like it's okay, buddy. Like we still like you. It's okay. <laughs> we got this. We're just listening so. to on um, repeat now. Right? <laughs> I
0: remember that episode. Was remember so that weird. time when
3: the chickens were just
0: hatched?
3: <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it was great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but yeah like carl says they 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 do have uh, uh some pretty good episodes in their portfolio um if you want to go back Didn't and someone do some of us today or the other so they people? did yeah so one of our our listeners it's uh, uh a multi-podcast listener uh reached out and was asking for a gentleman's name uh who was a guest on the <laughs> bar boys podcast we're like, <laughs> <who>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was like uh, hang on a second I screenshot the message asked the guys I'm like is this us like was I, did we do this was I like on the drugs and no no he definitely wasn't an us and I was not on the drugs so uh I was like yeah I'm pretty sure I listened to that episode from the bar boys and sure as shit it was them so nice. yeah check them out it was uh I mean obviously these memorable episodes that are you know I remember that sort of <laughs> <laughs> but it is good no they are really really good um East Coast Americans um, just recently paid on call firefighters, so that they had to rewrite their song. Um, <laughs> super, super good, good group, group of guys doing aggressive shit. Yeah, yeah. Check them out.
0: Uh, Scott Motus,
1: Motus Snagger Tool, and everything else they make. Just released
0: the videos for the tool by I see. Yeah. yeah, it looks pretty alright. Yeah, not too bad. Mm-hmm. Still haven't got ours yet. There, aren't we? Yeah, we uh, are. We getting one? Uh, I mean I'd
3: like to say yes <laughs> we'll see if they say yes but. right
1: mm-hmm. yeah I have been pulling the snagger out for more things lately yeah, yeah. Um,
3: did, didn't you just, we
1: just broke a window a couple we did, last yep. week yeah so how, how did but, that work like a hot damn
3: uh, yeah yeah blow it immediately then they can clean And mean you it break
1: it big, a good breaking rate because you can break it yeah you have
3: something yeah it, it popped, was a car window wasn't pop, it wasn't structure. it? Was, it was
1: a structure it was a car yeah,
3: yeah. But, which is awesome. So it was back glass, brake, rake, cleaned it. Um, we were down actually prepping a car for uh, one of our practices. And uh, uh, one of the guys, was like, oh, smash it with a rock. No, we was when were bringing uh, it up.
1: Huh? It was at the end when we were bringing it up out of that hill. Him
3: that's right. right. That's that's what it was. So we had to throw a strap to right. to roll it back yeah, over. Sure. Yeah. So we're like, ah, we're way down here. We'll just smash it with a rock. I mean, like the training was over. We just had to throw a chain through it. And I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> snagger tool. <laughs> 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 and uh, yeah. Broken, <laughs> in a much safer manner than a rock
1: although we were told it wasn't much fun as the rock oh so yes you oh. probably guess you told us that <laughs> the guy threw the rock
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: was it the guy that wants to ram
3: everything yeah don't <laughs> that that we have cutters ram it <laughs> okay. There's a dump trailer in the way. Hit it. <laughs> <laughs> Love it,
1: buddy. Um. Anyways, yeah, the snagger tool. Nice. Not just for breaking windows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, you know, couples and couples. Um, yeah, all sorts of all sorts of good things. Um, they got the door wedges. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got the shove knife. <laughs>
3: <laughs> me- it's like Firefighter Charades. <laughs> <over> <laughs> <Yeah>. Hydrant wrench. First <laughs> word.
0: <laughs> yeah, they have the pretty sweet-ass hydrant wrench. You mm-hmm. do. The hydrant wrench is actually probably my favorite.
1: Which we yeah. still need to put somewhere on the truck so guys remember to grab it. <laughs> it's kind of tucked away right now. Yeah, the but- berry box limits us Yeah, where all of our kit is. Barry was a guy that used to make stuff for our trucks. Don't look it up online. (laughs) (laughs) What does Barry Box say?
3: (laughs) Oh my god!
1: (laughs) It's a dark hole. (laughs) (laughs) No, anyways, (laughs) Snagger. (laughs) or
3: Modus.
0: (laughs) 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 We lost Dodge. Yeah, he (sighs) goes.
3: Is there a discount there? So. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: dff D- D- F- 5 <laughs> <laughs> what? You can try. You can try to eat Box Four. Barry Box Four. <laughs> it's
3: Barry B- Box. 4. <laughs> you can you imagine forty percent? <laughs> <laughs> Let me try that
0: first. Uh,
2: Todd, <laughs> Legion Engineer. Legion Engineered. Uh, go online. Check out their website. Uh, they've got a lot of. Uh, Good um, good swag there, like our, our hats that we like wearing. Got the decals, a lot of the mm-hmm. other shirts, the Crafty Rogue shirts. Um, and of course, Crafty the Rogue, what's that? Yeah, Crafty. Crafty Rogue, is one of the shirts. Well, I've been on there lately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, it's been there for a while, man. Oh, the crafty <laughs> rogue. yeah. So, uh, one thing we really like is a lot of those proceeds go to support uh, PTSD awareness. Yeah. And. Um, oh. Yeah, of course. He's got a Joel uh, Strother He's got his podcast. And, uh, the System uh, the D System podcast. The System D. Kind <laughs> of a little gangster there. I know. <laughs> the System D. D. Look at the emblem. Like, it's, it's yeah, it's pretty alright. Yeah. Is that, gangster, is that yeah. Nom? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> Nom? I
0: don't know. Is that a helicopter?
3: Uh, let me get over
0: there. Where it might it be. Oh, he is a chopper pilot, he, right? Yeah. He is, absolutely. Yeah, but it
3: looks like, like a
1: picture from Nom. It's not... <laughs> Hey, well, come on. Yeah, he, he had a lot of pretty crazy, uh, pretty crazy stories there. i he's like, mm-hmm. nom, though. He's like, no, our age. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe not your age
2: because you're like timeless. But <laughs> <He's right. laughs> Crafty your own. your Yeah. Yeah. So check out uh, check out his podcast as well. And if mm-hmm. you haven't bought his book, Canadian um, <laughs> <John laughs> <Mike, he was laughs> in the French Foreign Legion. Mm-hmm. Yeah
3: uh oh, ignition ignition USA um makers of the sea rat the Seattle rapid access tool uh we got we had the pleasure of heading down to Seattle and uh, <laughs> crazy before it yeah
2: <laughs> pop drag right off I have um, to say I do love that name though because in Seattle there's fucking rats everywhere too like it just it's kind of it, was both. <laughs> it does. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> I'm surprised
3: we didn't see any when we were down in the tunnels. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, they all, yeah. They, they, they all right? had the COVID. Yeah. I mean, they ran away. <laughs> yeah. yeah like, oh, they heard ships coming down. They're out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's,
3: that's crazy talk. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we uh, had the pleasure to go and meet up with uh, Jason. And he did some live demo with us, which was really awesome. Uh, it was like super live demo. Um, Not telling anyone. Just just demoing breaking into an apartment building yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've done this before soft
2: entry soft, yeah, entry, soft a apartment. entry
3: yeah it was definitely uh, uh, able to be left secure have we so talked it,
1: about no, the plan we, we're like oh no we'll just you know we'll show them our ID and everything will be fine What's Todd's plan? I'm gonna run. <laughs> yeah.
3: <Check it> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a passport. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, right. <laughs> I forgot about that. This is the only guy that's like, I'm just gonna wing it at the border. <laughs> I've got like an expired. You didn't have your expired passport. He had his oh, driver's yeah. license. Maybe like had <laughs> a badge badge oh yeah yeah it was the classic like, like
1: oh my am a badge fellow I
3: forgot my passport but also this
1: I still like the guy He's like okay I got your passport your passport your passport and I got an expired so serious credit card from you
2: <laughs> Sorry. So like yeah. uh, I'm, like, Sorry. I'm like, okay, just made go. Go. you can you can tell he was just like I don't deal this right now just continue on <laughs> So that's how we see Jocko, didn't we?
0: Oh yeah. We're going to see Jocko. He's like, yeah. oh, okay, off you He's yeah. <laughs> on the path. You guys, are, you guys are on the path. you are obviously on the up and
2: oh, up. Man. Then I had to stash my knife in the back alley because you we weren't allowed to bring it in. Oh, that's. Oh stove. yeah. What a great trip oh, that was. <laughs> yeah, looking all sketchy. What a signs of
0: it. I probably could go across the border. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs>
3: For sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Get back in
0: there. You're like the double border. Yeah, yeah. It's
3: a little extra shady. Yeah. But at least I that dog I would have had friends walking back into Canada. <laughs> like we had the full plan. All right, we're gonna roll, dog. Take take his keys. And we're gonna <laughs> kick him back. He can go stay at his buddy's place for the weekend. We're all going yeah. down. <laughs> Uh, we really like them. We're going to invite the border guy to Joker. <laughs> exactly, <We> has <haven't> <laughs> a take ticket, like the <laughs> end. Mm-hmm. So, if you like their product, <laughs> what were we talking about? Squirrel ignition. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, ignitionusa.us, I believe, is the website. Uh, they're on all the major social media platforms. Um, Yeah, if you want to gain access to a premises um, without busting the door down, which is generally the opposite of what we want to do, but maybe what we should do on on uh, certain occasions, so you can leave it secured once you depart. So um, yeah, we got some videos up there. Uh, He's got some really good videos on his Instagram and Facebook, so check that out. Uh, Yeah, Ignition USA, if you like what you see, uh, DTFF 2020. Scott, Stop the Bleed Uh, Stop the Bleed we've talked about it a lot
1: obviously we have uh, videos online on YouTube's. Um, check it out we have the full full course we have a breakdown of different scenarios and sims we did Um, stopthebleed.org if you want to check out more information on it Um, three basic simple premise Um, direct pressure wound packing and tourniquet application
0: yeah. That's it. Uh, and then your buddy Tanner. Yeah, Tanner
1: Wilson band, um he continues to do stuff covid. Um like covid stuff. <laughs> um He does covid stuff. He does covid stuff. Mm, Gets people dark. sick And stuff. <laughs> no uh you know the social distancing is like hard on the hard on um hard on live, live music. <laughs> wrong <what is> <laughs> <laughs> That's the dark <laughs> <volume>. <laughs> yeah. It's the dark. No, it's it's, it's hard for uh, it's hard for these uh, for live musicians to, to to do anything nowadays. So mm-hmm. you know, lots of stuff online. Um, Dan Wilson band on YouTube and Spotify. Yeah, give them a listen. Yeah. Like I said, country music sucks, but not this country music. <laughs>
3: I think yeah. I just lost more listeners. <laughs> 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 I actually don't hate country music anymore. There you
2: go. Yeah, we had <laughs> Scott
3: like in the bush the other day. He was like doing wilderness things. It was great. Like he's one step away from buying a travel trailer and
2: cowboy mm-hmm.
3: hat ten steps away. A little
0: bit more pushing, yeah. <laughs> 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 uh yeah, and then there's us. Um, we release an episode every week of this of this kind of Calamity caliber Um, but uh, we also have obviously our, our Facebook profiles and we are on the Instagrams and all the other bits and pieces too including YouTube where we tend to try and place all of our video content just because it's easier for people to view there uh, we have noticed a considerable climb in views recently so we greatly appreciate mm-hmm. that we also appreciate the fact that a lot of people have been subscribing to thank you so much for that please if you have been over there take a look like the videos and then subscribe to the channels as well if you could it's uh, it really helps us um, trying to, again just grow that that space for us as well we do have some more content planned for that And that should be coming out fairly Mm -hmm. soon. Uh, Yeah, and then we also have our tone drops, which have been um, sporadically dropping here and there, Um, much like calls. Yeah, there you go. Well, we were looking at making it more of a weekly thing, but with the uh, with the podcast being weekly, we just try and do the tone drops. We get them in the get a few in the bag, and then if we find something we want to talk about, then we do that, and then we bring Mm -hmm. it up. So uh, yeah, one of those will be releasing actually this week because we've already got one ready to roll. So, yeah, anyway, yeah. So, if you do listen and you like listening, drop us a review and a rating on the uh, on the podcast platform that you listen to us on. That one hundred percent helps. Definitely gets us in front of more people and uh, helps with the search criteria as well when people are trying to search for podcasts like this. Um, we feel like we do something a little bit different. Again, we're not the, the pros and the masters at anything. What we are good at is what we do, and uh, what we do is rural firefight. What <laughs> What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. well, I lost myself at the end. Just got really warm in for some reason. I think the missus has turned off the AC. Yeah, yeah what the heck, <laughs> hey, mm-hmm. And on that note, sat around with a bunch of sticky blokes. I think I'm going to call that a day. <laughs> it's got so English. Boy, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I think the might have turned off the AC,
3: boys. <laughs> Crikey, <laughs> <laughs> <Cronky. Cronky>. I'm <Right? laughs> throwing no really good accents in the- oh, it sounds as- <laughs> the same
1: <laughs> uh, What's a uh, Yes, yeah, great movie. go. Yeah. Yeah, Holy. I just went, like a
2: <laughs> in church that like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, They
0: should have
3: finished Now we got we hookers. Or they might be like, you know what, this
2: guy relates. Finally somebody gets it! Yeah. I do sweat there.
0: Sculpt. <laughs> <laughs> good night. Yeah, sculpt. Good, good night. Uh, enough. Thank you. Before it gets any darker. <laughs> Stay safe everyone. Stay DTF